Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 24, which begins with the toe cutter sending everyone away, and it ends with Mudgut spraying milkshake into someone's face. So <laughs> today we wrap up the, the epic line that we talked about last time. We were so enamored with what a wonderful philosophy you have and it got cut in half so we spent a ton of time talking about it yesterday and and we get to talk about it again today yes and and it continues on to be wonderful and in toe cutter saying take him away yeah you know it's funny because the in talking so much about this line i forgot that it flows right in to take him away so he said oh what a wonderful philosophy you have and he doesn't even do like a full beat it's like a half a beat no it's like the same sentence same sentence same breath Take him away. Yes. Um, I gotta wonder if Toe Cutter ever hears that phrase a lot from his gang members. You know, the whatever phrase, you say. whatever you say. Because I feel like if he's giving out orders, either they're not giving him a verbal affirmation. Maybe it might be a more guttural one. Like we see later on, is it... Th- it's this minute where we have two examples of him giving orders without saying a word. Yeah. And it's tomorrow that we're going to see that when he calls them and rallies them, they don't so much answer. They just kind of hoop and holler. They're very, right. a lot very of, feral about it. A lot, a lot of the communication in this minute and in the next at least two minutes is nonverbal. Right. Little noises. It's little noises, like, little puffs of air. Yes. Things like that. I think that the Toe Cutter gang kind of follows the same line as the movie in general where... There's not a ton of dialogue in this movie. Right. There's not a ton of dialogue in and amongst Toe Cutter's gang. Mm -hmm. So he probably doesn't have people day in and day out saying flowery things like whatever you say. No. And so the fact that the station master is being so formal with him, it's a novelty. I think so. That he doesn't usually encounter, which makes a lot of sense given the guys that he runs with. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the guys that he runs with, he says, take them away. And then Johnny puts a hand on the station master. Kind of rough. Oh yeah. Way more rough than he really needs to be. And with someone who's being so compliant. Yeah. I think it speaks volumes about Johnny and how rabbit he is about appearing tough. Yes. Because his nickname is Johnny the Boy. Yes. It's kind of emasculating for a man to just be called a boy all of the time. And so he probably tries to compensate for that by being overly rough. Yes. We've talked before about perhaps him being a new recruit. Mm -hmm. Or at least the newest recruit. So I think that goes along with what you said, that he's, he's still trying to prove himself. Right. And... Proving, in this case, proving that he can be rough. Yeah. But that's not what the toe cutter wants. No. No. And he makes a noise. It's like a it's like a hiss or a shush. Yes. Like a shh type of thing. Yes. Now, before we get too much further along, so he makes this noise, and it was kind of an odd noise. It came across kind of odd, yeah, like kind of a a hiss, a heavy breath sort of thing. So I was just curious. Because two or three minutes ago, we had that odd noise when they when when he first sees the coffin. There's mm-hmm. that weird noise. Yeah. 
So I was curious if maybe he had made a similar noise. So I went back and listened to it. Nothing alike. Yeah, I don't think any absolutely sort of... nothing alike. So I was curious, checked it out. It's completely unfounded. Okay. <laughs> so I thought I was being clever when I'm like, huh? I wonder if that's what the noise was I said, a couple I, minutes ago. And... I can't imagine any human making that noise, you know, without a computer or some sort of yeah. synthesizer <laughs> attached to them. Yes. So I like that uh, I like that the toe cutter is able to halt Johnny with just a hiss or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then as Johnny lets go, um, you have Diabondo and Starbuck are right behind, and they kind of pull the station master back. And as as we noticed, he keeps his eyes on toe cutter until he's physically turned around to look away. Yes, he he knows what's up. He knows where the danger is, and he wants to keep his eye. You. I think he wants to make sure that he's not the one that turns his back on the toe cutter. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he wants to continue to show him respect and deference. Right. Because that's what's going to keep him safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I noticed about how Diabando and Starbuck treat the station master, they treat him very gently. Yes. Like, Johnny started to manhandle him, but we get another little interaction before we get to see them walking away. But when we do actually see them walking away, Diabondo like has the station master's head like cradled. You know, he's got his arm up and around over his shoulders, and then his hand is kinda of over his head and they're all kind of just walking slowly all away. I think I think it shows their propensity for exaggeration. Mm. We also see in this minute and also the next minute when they're entertaining themselves, it's very exaggerated. Right. Everything is very dramatic. <laughs> and their reactions to everything is very dramatic. So I feel like this is kind of playing on that, that he's been instructed to be gentle, so he's going to do it very dramatically. Right. Dramatic as in like with flair. Yes. Not so much dramatic as much as like a like a soap opera or something like that. Mm-hmm. So Diabando and Starbuck are taking the station master away and Bubba and Johnny hang around and Togutter has to tell them separately to go. And he doesn't so much tell them to go. Um, in my notes, I said that Togutter dismisses Bubba and Johnny with a puff. It's almost like he's blowing the top of a dandelion. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I, I loved that moment. We're still seeing the the toe cutter that it has this incredibly strong presence, incredibly charismatic. The way he's delivering his lines, even if it's a puff of air, is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. We have not seen yet. We have not seen the monster that he's capable of being. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny because we spent so much time talking about how interesting of a guy he is mm-hmm. and completely forgetting... What we're about to see. What we're about to see because... Yeah. It's not that long before, you know... We see his true colors. Exactly. Exactly. So, Bubba and Johnny are dismissed. They turn and they start walking away. Mm-hmm. And then the toe cutter is left alone on the train platform. He turns around and he starts walking towards the, the coffin on the cart. And what what stood out to me as a little odd is the music mm-hmm. that played... As he was walking back towards the coffin because it was really large, like blasting horns and they had drums and things like that. And it seemed way more over the top than it really needed to be given what was happening in the scene. Like it's just him walking back towards the coffin and you almost expected him to do something more than just right. like flexing his hand. I, I feel like they visually 
we're getting the message that we're getting the message that he is showing his respect for Knight Rider and that he is moved by what has occurred of mm-hmm. the death of Knight Rider. And we see, I think, in the next minute that he spends quite a bit of time back there yeah. alone with his own thoughts. Yeah. Gotta wonder. And it, it seems to us, because we're normal people, that that's what he's doing. That he's mourning the loss of his friend and contemplating his own mortality. Yeah. Contemplating how quickly everything can just slip away. I question if that's what he's doing. Mm. The music wouldn't lead us to believe that. Yeah. And the actions that we see going forward would also not lead us to believe that that's what he's doing, that he's mourning a loss and contemplating his own mortality. So I'm not sure what he was doing back there. Yeah. Maybe he was purposely giving the boys out on the main street time to blow off steam, as we see them do, uh, without, without... toe cutter you know watching over them we don't see at least in this scene we don't see all of the group as a whole all their shenanigans occurring while toe cutter is there Mm. once he returns to the scene in the next two minutes or so it's all done and they're back to business which is also a different kind of shenanigans right but i i wonder if maybe he stayed back there to give them time to just be unsupervised. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a theory because I'm having a hard time believing that a person capable of what we see him do. Is also capable of contemplation. Yes. Which sounds unfair. It does sound unfair. And it's funny because I wrote down in my notes, you know, I'm sure the toe cutter wanted some alone time with the body. Perhaps a chance to reflect on mortality and how quickly all this can disappear. And it's like, I really just, though? The toe cutter? I just don't get that from him. That just I don't seems... see him doing it. No. Now, I see... Okay. Oh, okay. So I mentioned in the last... Sometime in the last few minutes how every move that we had seen toe cutter do was a power move. Right. Every little tiny thing, and that's true up to this point as well, is a power move from toe cutter. Yeah. So I have no reason to believe that him hanging out in the back while letting everybody else hang out on the main street was not also a power move. His control over the main gang is all about cult of personality. Yes. And in order to maintain a cult of personality, he he needs needs to remain apart. Like remain not necessarily part of the main body, but above them in some way. Yes. He needs to develop and maintain a mythos. Yes. So he's in the back being all serious while they're in the front having a good time. He's giving them an opportunity to blow off steam, but also if they start talking, oh, why are we hanging around for? We're hanging around because Toe Cutter is off doing something and it gives them a chance to speculate about what he's doing and build up, like I said, a mythos. Uh Uh-huh. An idea of what he's like and he can kind of use that... Um, that mythic status in their eyes. Yes. To help sway them one way or another. That's my favorite theory so far. Yeah. It seems the most accurate, the most aligned with his character that we've learned about so far. Mm -hmm. Because in all actuality, what he's probably doing on that train platform is contemplating, okay, I've lost an associate. He was the Knight Rider. I need a new Knight Rider. Mm -hmm. And he's probably just going over business in his head. But the gang members don't need to worry about that because they don't need to be concerned with the nuts and bolts of running drugs and gas and all that other stuff. They just need to stay loyal. 
I like that we solved that mystery. Or at least solved it to the point that we're satisfied with the theory. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So we we have so much time to speculate because we get that fade to black and then it comes back to the center of town. Mm-hmm. And it's an indiscriminate amount of time has passed. We know that enough time has passed that the gang is now bored and they're doing things like donuts and burnouts and things like that. Yes. And the station master is back over by his garage just kind of sitting there watching it all yeah i got the sense from the few times that the camera went to him rather stoic look on his face he seemed to be looking on in comfort knowing that he had already passed his test yeah and that he was safe as long as he didn't do anything stupid he was safe and yeah i I got that sense from him yeah i'm not sure if i if i read it the same way his expression being one of assuredness of his own safety i think he was i feel like the expression that he was using was more of not nervous worry but still knowing that something else could happen there yeah there they the the gang had in their company grinner and gum chewer yep okay and then there's still the couple which you can see behind him peeking around the side of the the same building so there, there are still people who are in danger, who haven't passed their tests mm-hmm. yet. So as I mentioned last Friday, the guy who's actually doing the donut mm-hmm. and does eventually the burnout and the wheelie, yes. he is one of the vigilantes, one of the oh, okay. motorcycle gang that was brought in um, because probably had a lot of experience doing just that off of the camera. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, there's also a dog in this scene. The little dog. I, I find it interesting. Like, I noticed the dog. Yes. I just didn't note the dog. <laughs> um, and <sighs> considering what we are about to learn about the gang, I'm surprised they didn't kill the dog. Okay, we don't see a single bad thing happen to that dog. No, we don't. And it's interesting because... And that dog was being annoying. He was, like, getting under the feet of the person trying to do a trick. Well, what's interesting is that no one pays the dog any, any mind. It's attention. like the dog isn't supposed to be there. So I kind of feel like that this is just a dog that was in the town and came to bark <laughs> at the motorcycle. And all of the actors, you know, they were told that a dog was not going to be in this scene. So they just ignored the so dog. they just ignored the dog. You know, <laughs> and they kept I believe it in that. There. I absolutely believe that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, nothing happened. Nothing bad happens to the dog in this movie. <clears throat> well, thank goodness for that. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned Gum Chewer and Grinner there. They're getting pulled around by mud guts. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got his, he's got his arm around Gum Chewer in such a way. And, and he's got his arm around Grinner and they're kind of, they're not in like total headlocks, but it it's getting there. It's not a, it's not a gentle hold that they're in. No. Yeah. Also in this wide shot, we can see the pink elephant. I missed the pink elephant. I I was paying very close attention to I, every single scene looking for that pink elephant. I actually forgot about the pink elephant. You were, you were all about that I pink was, elephant when it first showed up, though. I was. It was just too long between when I prepped that episode versus when I prepped this episode. I completely gotcha. forgot. So, the, uh, so in this wide shot, as I've mentioned, it feels like a million times before this we get the guy on the motorcycle and he takes off and then in like the last 10 seconds of this 
this minute. Like, absolute last thing. Mudguts leans over and I guess Gumchewer has like a milkshake. Did you think it was a milkshake? It seemed a little thick to be be anything else. Yes, because when he spits it onto Grinner's face, Mm -hmm. it looks like a milkshake. Yeah, he like gets big old strawful and then he like... Pulls the straw out of the cup yes. in his mouth and he just and turns like and he just him. shoots it yes. right at Grinner's face. Okay, which is really gross. Yeah. I mean, milkshakes are gross enough without being mixed with spit. Yeah. It's really gross. Yeah. But <sighs> Grinner is such an idiot. Like, I mean, I don't know how I would react if that happened to me, but he just completely flips out. Oh, yeah. He, com- he panics. He panics. That's, well, yeah. I think, I think it's safe to say... That Gumjewer Grinner and pretty much everybody in that town is already on edge to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to keep themselves out of trouble. And having this outside stimulus of a face full of milkshake blasted into, well, his face, probably just tipped Grinner into not being in control of what he's doing at that point. Yes. So he, and it only gets worse from oh, yeah. there. Like, th- that's just the first thing that happens to him. And then it just kind of snowballs. Yeah. In this minute, we see who? You're better with who the people are. I don't know who you're talking about yet. Like, lick his face. Okay, so he gets the face full of milkshake, and then Diabondo is the one on the other side of him. And my first thought was, oh, is he trying to lick the milkshake off his face? That's what I thought, that he was trying to lick the milkshake off. Thing is, none of the milkshake gets to the side of the face that Diabondo is on. Which is a good point. So, Grinner pulls away from Mudguts, and Diabondo holds on to him. And my initial thought, he's trying to get the milkshake on. But he never goes for that other side of the face. And it's like, wait, is he trying to kiss him? Is Is that what's going on? And... Oh. Grinner is there and he's struggling to get Diabondo off him. And Mudguts and Kundalini look, turn around and they're like, oh. And the thought past my mind is Diabondo coded as a homosexual character. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think that Diabondo licking or trying to kiss or something, Grinner, is another instance of whatever they do, they do it over the top. Mm-hmm. And also not letting him get away. Like, they're trying, he, Grinner's trying to get away from him, trying to pull away, and Diabondo won't let him. And then, and then, okay, not great with names. So it's, it's, um, Mudguts and Kundalini? Yes, thank you. Mudguts and Kundalini, like, poking fun and teasing, mm-hmm. again, in an over the top way. Yeah. I, as I was thinking, about the character of Diabondo, whether he was supposed to be a straight character or a gay character. All the rest of the times that we see him in the movie, he's not acting Hollywood gay. He's not overly effeminate. He's not waifish. He's not any sort of... He's just one of the guys. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be such a novel thing if Diabondo was just a gay character, but he didn't act differently from everybody else because... He's just a regular person. Right. He just happens to be gay. There's nothing that I was able to find in the um, on the Mad Max wiki or any other research that I was able to do that said yes or no. There's not a ton of information about these guys because, you know, the script is what it is and this isn't Star Wars. There wasn't a million comic books written about every minute character Mm -hmm. so there's no definitive yes or no regarding pretty much any of the gang members individual sexuality but i guess in my own internal head canon i can believe 
that he's a, a homosexual character and that it's a good thing because he's not treated like your typical Hollywood homosexual character. He's not the sassy best friend. Right. He's, he's not just he's the same as everybody else. He's not the fashion he's, obsessed one. Right. It's it's just none of the he's Diabondo. He's yeah. a member of the gang and they accept him and keep him around and appreciate his fellowship just as much as anybody else. But then again, I'm looking at it from through a lens of 2017 instead of 1979. So mm-hmm. Okay. I got I'm not sure I'm sure I'm sure not everybody is running out to agree with me. I think there are probably people listening that are like, "Shut up, Rick, you're ruining it." <laughs> um, but all of this thinking, it made me want to look up his actor. So, ah, uh, yes. Diabondo was played by Tasmanian musician Howard Anon. Anon? E Y N O N. Anon. I kind of said right. Anon. Yeah. It yeah. feels right in, you know. Sometimes you say things and it just feels right. Like Bisley. All right. I was wrong. <laughs> I fully admit that I was wrong. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how else to pronounce it. It's an E-Y and then an N-O-N. Anon. Anon? Anon? I don't know. Anon. All right. I don't know. We'll go with Anon for the purposes of this episode. And I guarantee you I will be immediately proven wrong. <laughs> anyway. So he has a top four on IMDb. Of course, the first thing he's known for is Mad Max. He was also in The Man from Snowy River, which sounds familiar oh, to me Oh, yeah. Somehow. I never watched it because... You know what? Let me pull it up on IMDb real quick. Mm-hmm. Just to make sure it's the show that I'm thinking of. I probably watched it. It's from 1982. Yeah, I probably watched it. Man from Snowy River. There it is. Yeah, Kirk Douglas... And the woman with the jaw, yeah, I don't know her name, but she has a very, she's a very uh, strong jaw. I remember that. Okay. Um, It seems to me, it seems to me like the sort of thing that would have shown on, um, what was the, what was the, like the movie time that Disney used to do on Sunday nights? I think it was like the Wonderful, wonderful World, World of, of Disney. Disney. Yes. Yeah. It seems to me a, sh- a movie that we probably saw on Wonderful World of Disney. Is it a Disney movie? No. Oh, okay. Um, but that type of thing. Like yes, but Turner that type of movie. thing. Yes. Yes. It's It was made in Australia. Oh, okay. Um, it was directed by George Miller. Seriously? Seriously. Wow. I just happened to notice. I missed that on the first run through. Yeah, it was directed by George Miller. Go figure. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yep. That's one thing I didn't know. Um, Howard Anon played Short Man okay. in that movie. So if you watch it... Look for all the short men. Look for all the short people and one of them is going to be Howard Anon. Okay. Um, number third best known movie is The Quest from 1986. He played a ranger. Um, and then in 1980, this is the number four thing, he was in a miniseries called The Last Outlaw, which is, you know, a Western. A lot of Westerns. Mm-hmm. Made in Australia, I found, as I'm looking up cop, cop dramas and westerns. Yeah. Two good things that uh, Australia isn't good for. Um, so I mentioned that he was a Tasmanian musician because in 1974, he released an album called So What If I'm Standing in Apricot Jam, which is... I love the name of that title. It's a bizarre uh, name, name album. for an album. It sounds like the sort of name... That would have been used like in the 90s when random names seem to be all the rage. Mm-hmm. Let's see. When I was looking at 
the information about his music. I think one of the websites I saw labeled his music as acid folk. Really? Yeah. I didn't. Okay, I listened to the one song that you sent me. Yep. I did not get that vibe at all. Yeah. I mean, it was very like hippie-ish. Yeah. Very folksy. Uh, But I would not say acid folk at all. Yeah. It was very like flower child folksy. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what they mean when they say acid folk. So it's hippie folk music. Yeah, I guess so. That type yeah. of thing. I see, I see that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so his first album was not a big seller. And so he kind of used that opportunity to transition from music into acting. And he did that for a long time. Um, <laughs> cool fact about him. He was roommates with Jeffrey Rush for a while. Nice. Like... The King's Speech, Pirates of the Caribbean, all those type movies, Jeffrey Rush, and they were like roommates. Nice. Um, He did a bunch of work with, you know, stage productions in Tasmania. Um, But of course, he went over to Australia, moved to Victoria, got a bunch of acting gigs there. Um, In recent years, he's signed on with Earth Recordings out of London. And in 2015, he released a bunch of songs on YouTube. So, and they're like new songs. They're not just covers of his old stuff. So what I'll do, because it'll be fun, um, I'll put a link to the Earth Recordings YouTube page. He's got like five songs on there. I'll put that in the uh, the blog post so you can follow that link there. And then um, I think I should replace the outro music with one of his songs just so everyone can get a taste of it without having to... Absolutely, yes. Okay. <laughs> I think we can take a break from uh, Licorice Road. Licorice Road for a while. Yes. That's fine. So if you want to catch that link, you'll have to go to our website, which is madmaxminute.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at madmaxminute and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash madmaxminute. Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 24, and we'll see you tomorrow. Try and change me. And you will see It can't be done Not while there's a sun above me I'm a happy person today And I got a good habit Of staying that way